Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time for the Gabe Ramirez Show on 670 The Score. Oh, you see this facial hair? This, this little baby facial hair is until the Bears win. He's two more sacks. I mean, don't you know that Puerto Rican Bobby is coming for you? Sipping on some coquito. He's doing his thing. Out. Let's do this. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I am Gabe Ramirez. I can't believe they call it the Gabe Ramirez Show. We got to come up with a better name for that. I don't have a ring to it. Our producer, Tyler, running the boards over there. Phenomenal job. I can't say it enough on that intro. Throwing some reggaeton, some Afro beats on here. Sounds about right. Uh, we have a great show. I'll be holding you guys down till about 9 o'clock. And we're going to be talking to some phenomenal people today on the show. Obviously going to be covering the Cubs' victory. My Chicago White Sox also just finished beating the Seattle Mariners. We're going to talk about that. And, of course, we got to talk about some Bulls and some NBA playoffs which are already uh, underway, by the way. So, again, 7.20, we have Sam Phelan joining the show. He's going to be talking about the Chicago White Sox, sports writer over there at Rivals.com. 8 o'clock, you got to make sure you're here for this one. Omar Ramos is going to be joining the show. He actually does the play-by-play for the Bulls and the White Sox. How cool is that? So he's going to be joining the show. I have to throw a fellow Latino on here. Shout-out to all my Mexicans listening. And then, of course, 8.40, Brandon Sprague, he's the co-host of Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan over in Portland, Oregon. He's also the co-host of Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network. We've crossed paths a bit, super talented, super knowledgeable when it comes to the NBA. And, of course, he's always definitely trying to win you some money. So make sure you're here at 840 so that that way you can put some extra dollars in your pocket. My, my BetMGM account is going crazy right now. Ever since the... Ever since the NCAA tournament, I've just been fortunate enough to be pulling off a few victories. And I love to gamble. Got a show on the BetQL network called Chalk Talk on Saturdays. Myself, Alex Gold, try to win you guys some money. So make sure, follow me, man, on Twitter. I'll post that whole thing up right there. But the Cubs, the Cubbies, starting the season 3-1. and one. Shout out to Zach Zabin, just finished the postgame over there. Pat Hughes on the call. 3-1. and one. All my Cubs fans out there, first thing I'm doing is opening up the lines. I need reactions. I told you, if there's one thing you'll learn about this show is that I love inter- I love interacting with the listeners. I, I was, I am a score listener, so I know what that's like. Want, being hyped up after a victory, especially something like this, with Seiya getting his two homers, starting off three and one. So I'm just curious what your reaction is. Are you 
Are you buying into this team in a different way now that they've started off the season three and one? So I'm opening up the lines right now. 312-644-6767. All my scoreheads, all my late night. Lawrence Holmes always tells me about the late night crew. So if you guys are out here, you got anything to say about these Chicago Cubs, I'd love to hear from you again. 312-644-6767. Lines are up. Tyler's going to be on the phones. It is my second day, though, here on the score. Got my first show yesterday. Uh, you know, uh, for those of you that do not know, my name is Gabe Ramirez. I came right from down the hall from B96. Used to do the morning show over there. Now spreading my wings a little bit, talking about teams that I love here in Chicago. And, you know, the Cubs playing in Pittsburgh, all it could remind me of is my road trip last year. So every year, my family and I, we make our way to a different stadium in the NFL. And last year, it just it made it made complete sense to me. Bears, Steelers, Monday Night Football. It just it was like a no brainer. So it was the first time being in Pittsburgh, beautiful city, very hilly, very like crazy hilly to the point where you would never have noticed it. So we stayed up on this hill where you can actually look down and see, you know, where the Pirates played. You could see also where the Steelers played. And you can also see the casino that was nearby, something that we visited frequently. But it's good. If you guys don't get out to check out a baseball game or a football game, take that road trip. You should definitely do it. But again, made my way out there. That was when the infamous marsh bump happened, you know, where he's running back to the sidelines and the referee sticks out his butt. I was actually at that game. It was, it was heartbreaking. The funniest story that happened out there, <laughs> this is terrible. So I was with a bunch of my, home, bunch of my friends and a bunch of my family and the number one thing they kept on saying was, you know, they're talking about the ladies, you know, you with the fellas and stuff. And they were like, yeah, there's nothing but hills and fours out here. <laughs> talking about just people in general. So we lost. We're salty. We're walking back to, to the tailgate area where our car is parked. And this guy is just going crazy. He's like, let's go Steelers, Steelers. And my boy was like, man, shut up. The only thing you guys got out here is hills and fours. And he goes, we love hills and fours. <laughs> it was the funniest thing ever. So you got to love Pittsburgh and their fan base for just going. They understand what they have out there. And, you know, the Cubs put on a put on a show today, man. Two to one. The coolest thing about what's been happening with the Chicago Cubs is how they've been able to win. Blowout style, nine to nothing. Taking on Corbin Burns last year, Cy Young winner in game one of the season eking out a victory there. And then today, two to one. I mean, that's impressive, Cubs fans, if you're out there. Seiya Suzuki, homering twice. I mean, this is, Tyler, let's cue up first. Let's cue up the Ian Happ. I want to hear him talk about the the hot start that the Cubs have gotten off to. Yeah, the bats were good. And I think that uh, kind of the end of spring training, where I was at, where I was feeling you know, it was it was really an effort to get to that comfort level, you know, not worry about some of the bad results early, kind of taking experience and saying, okay, just have to keep working, keep working to get those couple of bats that feel right, that feel um, locked in, and then be able to take it from there. It was a lesson I learned in the summer camp 2020. You know, felt really, really bad kind of most of the way. And then maybe a game before we started, I think the Twins came to town because they were starting somewhere close and um, a couple hard hit balls and then took that right into opening day. So I think that's kind of one of those lessons that you don't have to have it all perfect all spring. You just have to be locked in for day one. 
Ian Happ finished two for three on the day. When you're looking at the lineup, he's your elder statesman in terms of people that have that have been on this roster for some time. You know, you do have Wilson Contreras, of course. But when you're looking up and down the roster, Ian Happ is the elder statesman going two for three. And that's what you want from him. That's what you expected when he first got on and called up. And now that he is one of the leaders, I'm sure, in the clubhouse, being around some of the 2016 guys, he understands what it's like to be in that winning culture. And he feels confident in that space. He also talked about the team itself. I mean, obviously, if you're off to a 3-1 and start, you got to like everybody in the locker room. And here he is talking about how the team is definitely a great group. You know, all three days against some really tough pitchers and, and a really good staff over there. And to be as disciplined as we were, you know, to lay off a bunch of tough pitches in some tough weather. And then just turn together some hits and come up with, you know, say a big hit yesterday. Uh, Nico obviously gave one with a really big hit. You know, to do, to do some of those things where, where you put good at bats together, put good at bats together, and somebody finally pops them. I think the engagement from the dugout, I think having a new group together, there's just a lot of rooting for each other and a lot of support. You know, you're getting to know guys that at the same time, you know, wanting them to succeed so bad. Um, you know, I think that kind of structure really keeps the entire dugout engaged. I think um, the group of coaches, I think, um, you know, Napoli at first base and, and Willie Harris at third base is um, great for, for the hitters as far as um, talking to those guys, keeping engaged, keeping, you know, whether that guy's the open guy watching you hit, like those guys being together for a while has been pretty awesome. So I, I think, just think it's a great group that's really getting to know each other. Ian Happ talking about the great group the Chicago Cubs have. Just finished their game against the Pittsburgh Pirates. They won 2-1. to one. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. I mean, I hear what he's saying. When you're going into spring training with these guys, I guess, you know, everyone feels as though they have the, the potential to be a World Series winning team. Of course you have to believe that. You're playing in, major, in the major leagues. You have to believe that deep down in your soul. But you also want to know that the man – next to you or above you or below you in the lineup is going to be able to do their job. Cubs were able to put together a few hits, eight. Not too bad, not too shabby. But the man that stood out, Seiya Suzuki, I mean, geez. You say to yourself, before we even get to these highlights, you say to yourself, is this a situation where pitchers are just unfamiliar with him, so therefore they haven't figured him out quite yet, and he has the initial advantage, and that might change come midseason could potentially be that here's Suzuki hitting his home runs hit in the air deep right center field giving chase is Reynolds he's at the track he looks up and this one is gone say a Suzuki with his second home run in the major leagues going the opposite way and the Cubs take the lead one to nothing over the Pirates now Suzuki gets that pitch up and out over the plate, and after seeing Quintana go away from a lot of the right-handed hitters in this ball game, as opposed to the report of him coming in a lot, and Suzuki puts the Cubs on the board one nothing. He drives one in the air to left field. Going back is Marisnik back toward the left field fence, and that ball is going to be a home run. His second of the day. Suzuki has done it again. How do you got to feel? You're a Cubs fan. The guy you signed, the guy you're hoping that can give you a little bit of pop in the middle of the lineup, ends up with two home runs. On, Jeez, phenomenal. And, of course, the man who gave up the first one, Jose Quintana, former White Sox, former Chicago Cub, 
If I got to listen to another Cub fan tell me about how the Sox robbed them by giving up <laughs> by giving up some some top tier talent in Eloy and Cease for Quintana, I mean, geez, he pitched well though. I wonder if he's one of those guys that once in a smaller market he has less pressure on him, and therefore he feels as though he can perform better. Or is it that he's just in the twilight of his career, he understands pitching a little bit better. But it was good to see him on the mound. As a Sox fan, as a Cub fan, I mean, hopefully you guys cheer for him nonetheless. But on the mound for the Cubs, Drew Smiley, a phenomenal performance. Five innings pitched, three hits, one strikeout. But sometimes you don't, you don't mind. Sometimes you don't mind that kind of a performance as long as you're getting the ball on the ground, getting these outs consistently. And then, of course, Cubs bullpen, phenomenal job. Chris Martin with an inning, Ethan Roberts with an inning. Mikhail Givens uh, had the one earned run. And, of course, David Robinson, second save, two games. It's what you expect. It's what you want from your team to play well. And that's what you should be getting from the Chicago Cubs. I just wonder how long it's going to last. Like If you're looking at their schedule and you look at you know, who they're going to be playing in the, in the, for the rest of the month, is this a situation where you have a hot April? And maybe you cool off in May. Is it? I mean, you 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 played a great series against the Milwaukee Brewers, two game series against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Here, of course, tomorrow eleven thirty five first pitch. You can hear it right here on six seventy the score. And then, of course, after that, Cubs fly out to Colorado, take on the Rockies for a four game series. Doesn't get much easier. Tampa Bay Rays after that. Nice four-game series against the Pirates here in Chicago. And then to end the month off, three-game series against Atlanta and then Milwaukee at the latter half of the month. If you're looking at that schedule, you're saying to yourself, that's brutal. you got to go face Chris Bryan in Colorado after this. And then, of course, Tampa Bay, always a surprising team. I wonder where the Cubs are going to be at at the, end of, at the end of April. Tyler. I know you said you're the Cubs fan. I'm, I'm the Sox fan on this show. You're my, you're my Cubs fan. Do you see the Cubs ending above 500? Do you see the Cubs ending above 500 uh, by the end of the month? I could see it uh, from how they started. I think I can see it in a, in a little bit. Okay. I, I think every Cub fan would love it if they ended up above that. I think, they, I think every Cub would love... If, this, if they ended up above 500 by the end of the first month. You're listening to Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Again, we got a lot coming up on the show. Just after the top of the hour, we're going to be joined by my good friend Sam Phelan. He's going to be talking about the White Sox, who had a victory today, 3-2 to two against the Seattle Mariners. We also got Omar Ramos joining the show just after 8 o'clock, he does the play-by-play for the Bulls and the White Sox. We also have Brandon Spray coming up at 8.40. He's going to be talking about the NBA playoffs, what bets you should be making so that that way you can win a little bit of money. Should be interesting, to say the least. But again, the Cubs. But then again, the Cubs. Two home runs, Seiya Suzuki, definitely the MVP today. White Sox, go, go, White Sox. Chicago White Sox. Take home the victory today, 3-2 to two in their home opener against the Seattle Mariners. Got to be talking about Liam Hendricks, what he did in the ninth inning in just a second. 
We're going to have Sam Phelan join the show in just a bit. I wonder if he thinks the Sox are underrated. Three and one on the season. So much expectation on them. But are people really out here saying, oh, yeah, Sox are going to win the World Series? So are the Sox underrated? I'll be sure to ask Sam that in just a second. Before we bring him on, I did want to bring up an interesting statistic that I found on Twitter, and it is about the attendance today. White Sox home opener drew 36,948 for their season opener. Beating the Cubs in the opener attendance game. That's according to John Greenberg. Isn't that interesting? Cubs are averaging right around like 33,000 for that four-game set, they, or excuse me, that three-game set they had against the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, I got a basket in it while I can. If we have more, more fans for the, for, the, for the moment, I got a basket in that. But you know what? Let's see if this guy's basking in it as well. Let's bring him on. Sam Phelan from Rivals.com, big-time Sox fan. Sam, welcome to the show. Gabe, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Guests join the Score Hotline presented by Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. First of all, what do you think about the fact that the Sox drew a bigger number for opening day than the Cubs? Yeah, I mean, I think it just shows uh, where the excitement's at right now. You know, Chicago is uh, very excited about the White Sox. White Sox faithful are starting to show their appreciation for this team that has made the playoffs now for back-to-back seasons for the first time ever, and they're coming out and showing it in the attendance numbers. It's good to see fans in the stands, seats in the uh, people in the, in the seats. You know, it feels good seeing that from a Sox fan and I'm sure for the team that, you know, they get to see some guys cheering them on. I'm a big second day guy. Shane Reardon, executive producer of uh, Parkins and Spiegels, he texted me, asked me if I was going to go to the game, as did a couple of my other buddies. And I told him, I'm a game, I'm a game two guy. I've been a Sox fan my whole life. So I know what this is. Game one, packed. Game two, not so much. So I like to, you know, lift up the attendance rate for game two, Sam. Um, let me ask you about the game today. Specifically, Liam Hendricks. Tough outing. First time pitching since that blow up and that loss uh, to the Detroit Tigers. What did you think about his performance in the ninth inning today, giving up three hits in his, in his comeback, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, Liam definitely hasn't looked himself. Uh, he's struggled with control a little bit, you know. A little bit of some of the issues we saw, too, giving up the the homer against Detroit, just leaving balls in the zone over the plate, missing spots. Um, I think the one thing that you can take away as a positive takeaway would just be that it's Liam Hendricks. And, uh, you know, if there is a concern for the White Sox, I'm not sure that that Liam is that right now. So I I wouldn't hit panic mode on him, but you would definitely like to see him uh, start ramping it up a little bit and looking more like himself. But I have faith that he's going to come around being, being the type of bonafide closer he is there at the back of that pen. He's going to figure things out, and, and he'll be a force back there. When Tony Larusa looks down his bench, or excuse me, looks to the bullpen, so to speak, he is not worried about giving the ball to Liam Hendricks. Not in game no. one, game five, last game of the season, last game of the playoffs. He's not worried. He understands that he can give the ball to Liam with confidence and expect positive results. And I'm sure the rest of the – listen, we are hoping that it is that, that that is the case moving forward, and this is just some April jitters, and that he settles in. Do you feel he, like he will be starting – or excuse me, he will be the closer for the Chicago White Sox come the end of the season? Yeah, yeah, I do, Gabe. Because I think additionally, too, Tony looks down at the edge of, end of that bullpen, and 
he sees Liam Hendricks, he has faith in Liam Hendricks, and more so, Liam Hendricks has faith in himself. You know, Liam Hendricks has been very vocal about wanting to, you know, give me the ball wherever, eighth, eighth <laughs> inning, ninth inning. He wants to get the big out, and when a guy has that mentality, uh, they adapt rather easy. They don't get in their head quite as much. So, yeah, I, I have full faith in Liam to be the closer at the end of the year. I think, you know, having Kendall Graveman in the pen looking as good as he has is certainly a nice backup plan, a nice little handcuff there should things go south with Liam. Uh, but like I said, I, I have full faith he's going to bounce back and going to be the same guy and maybe just a little bit of beginning the season a little rusty with the shortened spring and a few jitters here. Sam Phelan from Rivals.com joining us here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I am Gabe Ramirez, big-time Sox fan, and I look at this team and I say to myself, Sam, is this team underrated still? Underrated? I'm not sure if I would put the underrated label on them. I think it's been a little bit of a mixed bag in terms of the opinions of the Sox coming into this year. They've gotten a lot of national media love. I think a lot of the criticism probably comes within the fan base itself. Just looking at some of the pitching staff, you know, a lot of uh, criticisms about the offseason, wanting to add a starting pitcher, looking at the rotation maybe as being a weak spot for the team. Nationally, I still think they're getting some love, but I'm not sure I'd put the underrated label on them. (laughs) I think you can expect them to be the division winner and be right in that mix. Uh, but a lot of it will come down to the additions they make later in the season, probably on whether or not they can be legitimately viewed as World Series contenders out of the American League. I have faith in Rick Hahn. I like what he's done to this roster so far. And I'm confident that come as we get nearer to the trade deadline, he's going to make the correct move in order to solidify whatever area of the Chicago White Sox team that needs security. For example, I mean, you mentioned the rotation. You know, when you're talking about the five starters for the Chicago White Sox, Giolito, Lynn, Cease, Kopech, Keuchel, doesn't sound bad. But when Lynn's on the injured reserve, when Giolito's on the injured list, you know, that's where your depth comes into play. And you say to yourself, okay, well, which one of these bullpen guys is going to come in and give you that spot start? Well, you know what you can get from Reynaldo Lopez. Who's someone else in the bullpen that you would give the ball to for that spot start? Who is it for you, Why? I think you saw a little bit of it today in Vince Velasquez. You know, when they signed Vince Velasquez, it had a lot of question marks for what he could be for this team, where his role really was with this team, if they were planning on adding a starter. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of baseball left to be played, but he was pretty impressive today. If he can come out and give them four innings of quality ball and keep them into games, turning it over to that pen, uh, I think that that's going to be something they utilize for sure. And then, You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Tanner Banks, the 30-year-old rookie who made the club kind of in surprise fashion for the White Sox uh, and has thrown really well, but he's been stretched out in the past and could get a spot start for them or two. They have a lot of options. You know, they just called up Jimmy Lambert from Charlotte as well as another option. They're kind of going to run a little bit of a, you know, committee here at the back end of that pen, just trying to eat as many innings as possible because you don't know how many Kopech is going to be able to go throughout the course of the season. Keiko kind of the same way. So it's going to be all hands on deck, but so far so good as ter- as far as those relief options and those uh, secondary rotation options are concerned. Vince Velasquez, four innings pitched, two hits, two strikeouts. If you watch them pitch, it was a little all over the place in the first couple of innings. Couldn't pinpoint his location. But 
got the ball in play to get those outs. Here's Steve Stone talking about what we could have expected from Vince Velasquez. Actually, I don't know if there's going to be too much of a second time around for him. It depends <laughs> on how effective he's going to be. I mean, you know, he's not – he was not penciled in to be a full-time starter with right. a normal rotation. But he's filling a gap that certainly they have. The only thing is uh, – and Tony realizes this in sending him to the mound. You have an off day today. There's a few guys did not get in the uh, in the ball game yesterday. And there's going to be a lot of games that are bullpen games. But the one thing that you can't dispute um, as far as needs for the Sox, they're going to have a need to score a lot of runs in the early going. Steve Stone talking about Vince Velasquez. I mean, pretty much hit the nail on the head. And it, he gave you exactly what you expected, four innings. You know, if, you, if this was a playoff game, you'd be ecstatic about it, Sam. Again, we are joined by Sam Phelan from Rivals.com. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 to score. Let's go to the hitting side. Let's talk about Tim Anderson. What are your thoughts on him and what he brings to the Chicago White Sox team? Man, I mean, T.A., he, you know, it's kind of the cliche. It's said all the time, but he's the straw that stirs the drink in a lot of ways. Uh, the energy just feels different, and it was on display as clear as day on Sunday in Detroit. Tim kind of comes back to, to the lineup and immediately, you know, doubles first pitch of the game, scores a run twice after leading off innings with hits. He, you know, he's a catalyst, and he, you know, he, he just does all the things well that the, the Sox kind of need. Um, they go as he go, and T.A.'s energy is contagious on this team, so – just a special player, a phenomenal hitter. Sox are lucky, lucky to have him, and, and you hope he's in there for the rest of the 158 that they've got to play here, and he stays on the field. Feels good as a Chicago White Sox fan to see him plugged into the lineup for his first game of the season and produce the way that you just mentioned. Double off the top. When you're talking about today's game, running hard to first base, getting the RBI on the fielding error, just T.A. is that guy that you want. What do you, what do you think about his bat flipping? I love it. I, I, I think the league, need, the league needs more swag. I think Tim carries it well. I think he does a great job. He's not too braggadocious, but, you know, he, 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 he does it when necessary. Are you a fan of the bat, bat flip? Yeah, yeah. I mean, T.A.'s got <laughs> swagger, and T.A.'s got natural swagger. He, you know, I've really enjoyed I'm not sure if you've gotten to see it or not, but the – the TA7 documentary the White Sox have been releasing on YouTube over the last few weeks leading up to the season, just kind of telling his story. Um, you know, his swagger, his energy is everything that, that modern-day baseball should be. It's everything that the Chicago White Sox want to be. Um, so having him as a face of the franchise, is it, it's been an easy transition to kind of, to kind of have him take over the reins as being the White Sox face and being a great icon in Chicago and for all the Major League Baseball. So more bat flips, more swagger, um, and as much as T.A. can bring it, I'm, I'm here for it all. I'd love – listen, if we're talking about bat flips in October, then bring it on. I have zero problem with it whatsoever. I love the- I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Tim Anderson to hit a big home run in October <laughs> and to see what kind of reaction we get out of him. Sam Phelan from Rivals.com joining me here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. It's good to talk White Sox baseball with you. And something that's been dominating the sports world for the last couple of days, and even you, some would say for the last couple of weeks, 
has been the idea and notion that another big bat for the White Sox, Andrew Vaughn, has been playing phenomenal, could potentially be a piece in a trade with the Oakland Athletics for Frankie Montas. Obviously, some reports have come out where the Sox have said, absolutely not, this is not someone that we're going to include in any deal. I want you to first talk about the importance of getting a guy like Frankie Montas on the Chicago White Sox roster and... Is Andrew Vaughn someone you're willing to give up in order to get that talent? Yeah, so, I mean, off the bat, Frankie Montas is an ideal candidate for for a White Sox addition, no question about it. You know, you look at where the rotation sits, especially after the injuries to Giolito and Lance Lynn, and, you know, you kind of cross your fingers and hope that you don't have any more major setbacks or injuries to your staff, but... He's a reliable guy. Like, I mean, he has struggled staying on the field, some PED stuff, some injury stuff, but you know when he's on the mound, he's going to be good. He's coming off one of the best years of his career, got the extra year of control. So on paper, that's the guy that you're going to want to target. It's, that's an arm that, you know, you plug that into the rotation, you immediately look at a potential playoff of going Giolito, Lynn, Cease, Montas, Kopech, with depth and depth behind it, you love that uh, for the Sox. In terms of Andrew Vaughn, I mean, I'm an Andrew Vaughn believer. I'll fight for Andrew Vaughn forever. I would not give up Andrew Vaughn. And the main reason, Gabe, is I don't believe in the philosophy of taking out, you know, a chunk of your offense to to better the pitching staff where they're at right now. Uh, And You know, I think the Sox are in a great position to trade future value and future assets for, you know, somebody who's going to come in and help the major league club today. For me, Andrew Vaughn, as we saw in Detroit, is a guy who's going to help you win baseball games in 2022 and hopefully win a lot of games. I I believe in his bat in the middle of the order. And if he continues to hit the way that he has so far, that's a guy that you're going to want to rely on down the stretch here. So that's not somebody I would move uh, just in terms of his, immediate impact and long-term value. But I do think the Sox have plenty of assets, uh, you know, in the minor leagues, maybe some more expendable pieces at the big league level that they could move to get it done. That's Sam Phelan from Rivals.com joining us on the Score Hotline presented by Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. I got to be honest, I disagree with you wholeheartedly when it comes to the Andrew Vaughn thing. And here's why. Don't get me wrong. You're, you're, everything you're saying is correct. We have talent to give up. You have young guys, pieces that are going to help teams win in the future as opposed to in 2022. But I always look to the Chicago Cubs of 2016. And I say, if you are going to mortgage your future, it better be for someone that can help you win today. And as we know, playoff baseball is determined more often than not by pitching. If you have an ace, a guy that can really get you a victory in the playoffs, and the Sox learned that as well too by losing a lot of those games. And when you're looking at a guy like Frankie Montas, 207 strikeouts and 187 innings pitched. That's the kind of guy you want on the bump come October starting for your team. Now, the, the Sox, if you were to talk to me about their offense, I would say that's not, that's not an area of concern. We got T.A., we got Luis Robert, we got Ilo Jimenez, we got Abreu, we got guys that can put together some hits and get some runs on the board. The problem is those guys can't get on the mound and get anybody out. So as much as I love Andrew Vaughn, as much as the next person, I'd love to see him a part of this team and help us make a deep run into the playoffs. Man, if they wanted my mom, I might have to call her up and be like, Mommy, I'm sorry. 
I need Frankie Montas on my team. I don't know. It's just I know where we lack on this team, and it's not offensive production. It is in starting pitching. Our bullpen is phenomenal. And if we can get Frankie Montas, who are some other guys? There you go. I'm about solutions on this show, Sam, not problems. Who's somebody – Who's give me some other names that we can give up for a guy like Frankie Montas. Well, I think that the starter in a package that I'd be more comfortable with would be a Gavin Sheets type. Uh, and, and Gavin Sheets plus some of the prospects. You know, you have have good names w- with Colson Montgomery, Wes Cass, uh, even Yoelki Cespedes, some of these guys at the top end of the White Sox farm, even with it being one of the worst farms in the league. Uh I think are a little bit more expendable sheets. You know, you don't naturally see. I, I think for one, Vaughn is a much better athlete. Andrew Vaughn can looks a little bit better in the outfield than Gavin Sheets does, in my opinion. And you feel a little bit more comfortable moving Andrew Vaughn to say third base for a game, even second base. He was taking ground balls there during spring training a little bit. Uh, but two, just the caliber of bat. I, I, I just. I, Andrew Vaughn was a Golden Spikes Award winner. You took him number three overall in the draft, and you did all that for a reason. Um, And I just genuinely think, looking at his approach, he is your 30 and 100 guy for the next 10 years if he develops in the right way that you want him to. Uh, I I think, you know, I would sell high on Gavin Sheets. He came up and had a great, you know, impact in 2021 for a team. You didn't really know what you were getting out of him, and uh, Oakland's a little weak in first base and left-handed power, so that would be a name that I would start a conversation with, and that's one, too, where, you know, you look at the current makeup of the roster, I don't know where the at-bats for Gavin Sheets are necessarily at when they're fully healthy. Uh, I'd rather play Vaughn than him. I'd rather move Sheets. Uh, so that would be my starting point. Um, I like it. I think, again, again, we're, we're about solutions here, not problems. So when you – listen, I was in. I was listening. You were selling me on it. I was like, yeah, Andrew Vaughn, 30 and 100 for 10 years. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to get rid of him. <laughs> These are things, it was music to my ears. But you know what? That's why we have you on so we can get your phenomenal insight on the Chicago White Sox team. Again, the Sox for their home opener take the victory 3-2 to two against the Seattle Mariners. Sam Phelan, appreciate you for joining us again. He can be seen on Rivals.com. You can follow him, Sam underscore Phelan. Sam, man, appreciate you, appreciate you jumping on. No, hey, absolutely appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. All right, talk to you soon. Again, I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. And when we come back, interesting, interestingly enough, $5 million in refundable deposits from season ticket holders and NFL owners was hidden by the Washington Commanders. I'll tell you where I think the money went <laughs> right after this. It's Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Well, I think the offense is going to be pretty solid all year long. I mean, you can see if Pollock is going to be healthy, which has, by the way, been problematic for him over the course of his career. But when he's in the lineup, it's a deep lineup. It's a lineup where if you don't have your really good stuff and you're pitching against him, you're going to have some problems. So I think you're seeing Tony run a bit more than he ran last year. I think he's got a good feeling for who can do that. You know, there's going to be a lot of guys on base for Jose Abreu to drive in another 100-plus runs. Steve Stone talking about the White Sox offense. Love love hearing him talk about the the Sox every day. What a great color guy. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. The White Sox pulling off a victory today in their home opener, 3-2 against the Seattle Mariners. Cubs 
getting a victory 2-1 to one against the Pittsburgh Pirates, taking the first of that two-game series. Coming up at 8 o'clock on the show, we got Omar Ramos. He's going to be talking about the Chicago Bulls. He's the play-by-play guy for the Bulls and the White Sox so in, in Spanish, in Espanol. Entonces, he's going to be here talking about that. Just a little bit, 840, we got Brandon Sprague. He's my gambling expert, co-host of Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network. He'll be here at 840 so we can talk about what's happening in the NBA landscape. Quick update. The Nets are crushing, just absolutely crushing the Cleveland Cavaliers right now, 74-60. to 60. It's in the third quarter. They tried to put a, you know, whenever you open up your gambling app, like BetMGM, and they, they tell you, they put these these parlays together. I always try to tell people, don't don't bet the parlays that they give you. They have insider information. One of them was Cleveland by nine and a half or plus nine and a half. I don't know. I just stood away from it. But we obviously another game happened later tonight. Clips taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves. And again, we'll get into all that. You know, I love my NBA basketball. We'll definitely get into that right around eight forty. And you know, I got had a taste of. I, I wish I was at the Sox home opener. Today, again, I always try to make it out to game two. But I got a little taste of, of White Sox baseball right around 11 o'clock today. And it was at Rush Hospital. <laughs> My daughter had her six-month checkup. And as we walk in, I see a Southpaw toy sitting on the chair. And I talked to my doctor, Dr. Pavlon, and I'm like, hey, what's this? She's like, oh, we're giving away... Southpaw toys today because it's the White Sox opening day. I was like, are you kidding me? Is this heaven sent? Shout out to Southpaw. Then he retweeted it. I mean, what a good guy. Doesn't get doesn't get much better than that. So again, your White Sox, Cubs, both three and one on the season. I mean, geez, this is the place to be to be listening to both. Don't forget Cubs kickoff uh their game tomorrow, eleven thirty five, right here on six seventy the score. Make sure you're tuning out for the, tuning in for that one. Now, I mentioned before the break about the Washington Commanders. What the what the hell are they thinking? If you haven't heard, they're being accused of unlawful conduct by the FTC. Now, the amount of money in question, five million dollars, doesn't seem like much. It's like a punter. They're not really concerned about the five million dollars, but it's who the money belongs to. So this five million in part is refundable deposits from season ticket holders. And apparently they were hiding money from profit sharing amongst, amongst NFL owners. Now, the interesting thing about this story is not the money that they withheld from their fans or their owners to me, at least it's not that the Washington commanders are a blank show and have been for the last few years in the NFL. To me, it's the person that spilled the beans, Jason Friedman, the vice president of sales for the Washington commanders. To me, that is the point that like you are a bitter employee. I'm sure something happened. Like he didn't get a raise. You know how it is. You're on your way to work right now or you're at work and you know what it is. You can only take so much of your jobs belittling before you do something about it. Especially if you've been there for 24 years, you are underappreciated. You are overworked. And you are underpaid. And what happens? This guy said they had two sets of books. I mean, you're talking about illegal on the largest scale possible. And especially the Washington Commanders, a team that has been just riddled with 
bad publicity for the last couple of years, whether it's their cheerleaders, their owner and Daniel Snyder. I mean, it is just painful to watch what is happening on the East Coast of this country. And then when you're talking about the amount of money, again, it's $5 million. I mean, granted, that's a lot of money for us. But for a guy like Daniel Snyder or any NFL owner, it's a punter. That's a long snapper. They're not worried about $5 million. And then you say to yourself, well, why does this story come out? Why is this such a big deal? What happened? Roger Goodell, I don't know. Is, does he have it out for the Washington Commanders? Is he? Is, is something going on there that we don't know? Clearly it is. I feel like I'm watching an ep- episode of House of Cards where it's just it's a, little, a little too murky for me. I wonder what's going to happen. I feel bad for Ron Rivera. I always liked the guy, obviously, former Chicago Bear, former Chicago Bear coach. To be gifted that team, and I say gifted loosely, and then to be just, again, thrown into the, the, the fires and pits of bad publicity, this just piles onto it. It's got to suck to take on a coaching position. I mean, it's just got to be bad. But it's good that we're talking about some NFL. I mean, geez, this is that part of the year where if, you're, if you don't love NBA, baseball is, hasn't even wet, wet your whistle just yet because you're not in the thick of the season. NBA's just wrapping up. And then, of course, college basketball just finished. So this is that time where you really need to be talking about something else NFL-related. And I actually found something. Tyler, cue up this audio for me. Again, Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. This is a clip of DK Metcalf, one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. And where he shines on social media more often than not is his body type, right? You always see him in the the little halter top. Got like a 12-pack. And you think, this guy must have a Michael Phelps-type diet where he's eating 7,000 calories a day. Listen to what DK Metcalf said is, is in his diet. Talk about how important nutrition is. Nutrition's huge. I'm, I'm, I'm probably the worst person to ask that. <laughs> God, uh, are you eating, pop, you eating Popeyes, churches? Nah, see. You I, from the city, too. I know you be eating coon soup. Yeah, that's I'd some be shit. A, I'm a candy type person. Um, what? I eat one meal a day, drink one coffee, and eat like three, four bags of candy. Man, define bags of candy, man. Jelly like beans. A, nah, see, I'm a gummy, gummy, gummy type of guy. See, you get your lifesavers. Come on, man. Stop. Stop, man. Come on. Hold on. Hold on, man. So you finna go through a structure, a bag of candy. You about to go through the whole. Okay, let's hear this. Let's hear so, this. So, all right, I'm just taking you through yesterday. So yesterday I woke up, worked out, worked out again, came home, showered. I'm hungry. Run to Starbucks, get a quick coffee. That's gonna hold me to like four, five o'clock. This twelve. Okay. So it's going to hold me for like four hours. Dang. Around 4.30, I ordered some candy and a water. So I got, what did I get yesterday? got the Skittles gummies. Then I got uh, the Lifesaver Creations. They're the same size bag, so I just mix them. So it's safe to say we're going to see a DK gummy at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. Okay, y'all heard um, Another certified Certified moment. moment. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> get the gummy, get the candy, get the water. Eat that. That's going to hold me to like 8 o'clock where I'm having dinner, 8, 9. And then I eat dinner, go to sleep. That's an everyday thing? That's a That's Monday through Friday, Monday through Sunday, Monday through Monday? You know, not nah, you eat candy like that, huh? Yeah. I'm a candy eater, yeah. I can't believe that. Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score. That was DK Metcalf. 
You would think the guy's eating boiled chicken and broccoli and rice every day. My trainer, if I were to eat gummy worms and all like, I'd end up with the body that I have right now because that's what I've been eating since I was a kid. Tyler, our producer here today, are you eating? Are you eating bags of candy? Like, can you believe DK Mech has is, is on this diet right now, bro? If I ate as much candy as he him, <laughs> I'd be rolling down the stairs in our building right now. There is no. It's just it just blows my mind hearing that because exactly like you said, he's probably like one of the most bulked NFL he's players, ripped. and like shredded. They were making a meme out of him, like to be scared of him, and then now this guy, he's telling him that he eats. Gummy worms for dinner. DK Metcalf, 24 years old. Oh, to be 24 again. And to eat Skittles like Derrick Rose and Marshawn Lynch. Guys that are just phenomenal specimens. You can't, you're making me feel horrible right now telling me that you're eating. DK, just come to the Bears already. Just get them over here. We were talking yesterday about putting um, positions in order of importance for the Chicago Bears. Just get DK Metcalf. Take him off their hands. Give him something. Get him over here to Chicago. His dad played here. We need somebody like that. Maybe he'll pull a Zion Williamson to leave Seattle. Yeah, I wish. Zion Williamson. Oh, man. He wants to play for a better team. So does DK Metcalf. Get him over here. What do I got to do? Get some gummy worms together. Get some Sour Patch Kids. Put a pack of those over here. When you're listening to something like that, if you are a football fan and you're saying to yourself, this is what this guy, I mean, just unbelievable to me that DK make it, whatever, man. I can't, I'm, I'm, I hate you and your 24-year-old metabolism. I have nothing like that. Anyway, Gabe Ramirez on 670, the score. Again, we got a lot coming up for you, 8 o'clock. We're definitely going to be talking about your Chicago Bulls. We got Omar Ramos joining the show. He does play-by-play in color, or excuse me, play-by-play for the Bulls and the White Sox. We also have Brandon Sprague joining the show right around 840. He's going to be talking about who you should be betting on. We're also going to be talking about some of the series. I feel like like right now, Milwaukee and the Bulls, Milwaukee to take it 4-1 is like plus 185 on BetMGM, plus 375 for it to go 4-2. Can't wait to ask him about those things. It's going to be interesting. Right now, the playoffs are kicking off. Cleveland cut the lead a little bit, 71 to 83. Brooklyn with the lead. They should take that easily. I don't see why I don't see why they shouldn't. The thing is, somebody was getting at me on Twitter yesterday while I was doing the show. Chicago underscore Gabe. That's the handle, by the way. And they were saying how Cleveland is going to beat either Atlanta or Charlotte in that second play-in game. Obviously, if Cleveland lose to the Brooklyn Nets, I just don't see it. Their team is riddled with injuries. They got no Jared Allen. I mean, Lori Markin is playing all right. Got eight points today. But they just can't outscore a team like Atlanta or Charlotte. Trey Young, ice cold Trey Young, who we got to give kudos to the guy. Leading the NBA in points scored and assists. I mean, when he did it in college... He was the first player ever to do it in college. And I just remember talking to all my friends and saying, I don't care how small he is. I don't care that he looks like a Q-tip, a tattered Q-tip. This, if you can do that in, in the college ranks, being able to do that in the NBA, you're going to have some type of productivity there. And then, of course, 
It's exactly what he did. Now, I don't think Trey Young is out there eating Skittles and, and gummy worms. Let's go to let's let's talk to Adam. Let's get him on the show. Adam and Hawthorne Woods. Talk to me. What what you got to say about this DK Metcalf situation? Is that the same diet you have? Uh, I mean, I, I'm not really on it, but I, I just wanted to call and say, like, you guys are missing a, a key aspect to this diet. Like, he, he said he wasn't actually eating anything until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, that's incredible. He, he's having a coffee at noon and going till 4. And uh, with intermittent fasting, if you can go 16 hours without eating anything, it basically doesn't matter what you eat beyond that. See, that's why I'm glad we got listeners like Adam joining the show because I know nothing about health. I take a coffee in the morning. If I'm fasting, I take a coffee in the morning. I try not to eat till right around like 12. But Adam, I don't know. It, it does matter what I eat in between that, in between that window when I'm, when I'm scarfing something down. I just can't. Adam, put, put Adam back up. Adam, are you a personal trainer or something like that? Uh, no, sir, but uh, I, I'm, I'm in the business of uh, sports nutrition, uh, supplements and whatnot. And uh, lately I've been uh, really looking into intermittent fasting. I, I think it is actually probably the best diet out there. Cardiologists will tell you it's the best diet for you. Uh, if you can do intermittent fasting and then a Mediterranean diet, it is the absolute best thing you can do for your body. But, uh, you know, I guess gummy Skittles are lifesavers. <laughs> that's, that's the key. You could tell me whatever you want, Adam, and any nutritionist that wants to call up. But if you're, if you're telling me I could do exactly what DK Metcalf is doing, if I could wait 16 hours and just scarf down whatever I want and I'm going to be in the same shape that he's in, please, by all means, I'd love to take on that challenge. Gabe, I think we need to put this to the test. You and me eat a, yeah, right. each eat a bag of candy <laughs> and then we'll go run a mile. <laughs> Hypertension 2. I die of a heart attack right inside the SCORE studios. The SCORE listening line is powered by BetQL, Bet Smarter. And beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Adam, again, thanks so much for the call. All right. Enough of me marveling at DK Metcalf's, not only his diet, but how he gets his, geez, whatever, man. Anyway. Coming up in just a little bit, we do got Omar Ramos. He's going to be talking about your Chicago Bulls. What's going to be happening in this playoff series against the Milwaukee Bucks? I am Gabe Ramirez formerly of B96 and now over here at 670 score. So grateful to be talking about the Bulls with you, and we'll do that next right here on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 